Are you just watching? I'm Eve Franklin. And I'm Daniel Lewis. And this is the one and only podcast for critical thinking for the entertained Christian. Welcome. It's exciting to get a new podcast out. Oh, yes. Yes. Although our listeners don't know this because our listeners are probably thinking, well, it's just been a week or two (laughs) since our last podcast. But no, dear listeners, I have a confession to make. Our first podcast was recorded in January, January. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's almost the middle of April now, or hopefully it's still near the middle of April by the time this podcast gets out. <laughs> but uh, I do have a good excuse for it, because during that time, I had to prepare like crazy for my Shotokan Karate black belt test. And he graduated. He yes. got it. <laughs> yes. So now, maybe we could add that to our slogan, something like kicking bad doctrine out of our movies. Or, <laughs> well, it wouldn't apply to me. I don't have a black belt. Oh, <laughs> I don't have a belt of any color. Not even like the Sears Roebuck JCPenney black belt, $5, like <laughs> Mr. Miyagi had? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it is great, though, to get back to this. And we talked about a lot last time mm-hmm. and about critical thinking and just the intro steps for it. I want to just review briefly before we go into what our movie is for this episode. I want to review to remind you what the basic steps are, some basic steps are for critical thinking. First is that we have to make sure that we know scripture ourselves because true logical thinking comes directly from God. Without God, without a creator, there is no foundation at all for logical thinking. There's no foundation for logic because God is a God of order. God created things that follow an order. God created things that follow a pattern of logic. Therefore, we have a foundation for logic. And we can learn ultimate logic and structure when we have a foundation on the Word of God. So that's our first thing is we have to know Scripture in and out. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. So that's the first thing, that we need to have the Scripture ingrained in our hearts. And then whenever we watch something, it's questioning everything. Because critical thinking is really about asking questions. That's what it all boils down to, is asking questions about everything we see. Question motives, question the knowledge of ideas, the foundation of ideas, question what the characters are really doing or what the underpinning lines or themes might be in it. And then as part of that, we need to evaluate the core of it. Because sometimes it's easy to think that something is going on that really isn't. We could get conspiracy-minded and start to say that these people have a deliberate agenda against Christianity or against such and such theology or idea, when it may not be so, but what they're saying may just be consistent with their own worldview, which is, yes, contrary to it. So we have to find out, is it deliberate or is it just unintentionally the result of their own worldview? And then finally, we need to be able to discern the truth. And that is, well, you have to know the truth first. That ties back to the first one, knowing scripture and uh, knowing good practices of good logic. But discern the truth and discern how do they know that to be so? 
what makes them believe that? What are the consequences of believing that? Where does that path of logic take you as it progresses down? Yes, and that's a good recap of everything we discussed last week. And and now we get to uh, actually apply it to a movie. And What's our movie? Our movie is Dark Knight. And it's a really, really cool movie because even though it has, it's a very dark movie. And when you first, when you first finish watching it the first time, you're like, I don't really understand why I watched that because now I'm really depressed. But there, there is some redeeming message. I wouldn't say it's actually a redeeming message, but there's definitely a um, a message that is woven through the through the movie that we can discuss here and and bring out. I'm not even sure what I'm saying. <laughs> You're getting distracted because I'm messing with my microphone here. I have, hey, this is a good opportunity for me to mention. If some of you notice how beautiful my voice sounds, it's because I'm speaking into a $300 Heil PR40 microphone and I've got all of this nice equipment now. Eve is speaking into a $20 microphone. Yeah, unfortunately. And so if you want Eve's voice to sound as beautiful <laughs> as mine, and please don't start making fun of my voice, but if you want <laughs> the quality of this podcast to increase, what we've done is added a donation button. And we're not going to like hound you for donations. But uh, if you just want to support the work that we do and help us to upgrade our equipment and get a better microphone for Eve, then uh, it would be great if you could donate and support that. But that little commercial aside. <laughs> Let's discuss Batman the Dark Knight. I really liked this movie. I liked the first movie too, Batman Begins. And I think a lot is because I like action movies. And I like a movie where it takes some twists and turns. And also, I like a movie with a good soundtrack. <laughs> yes, it did have a good soundtrack. And I think I like the Batman movies as these these two particular Batman movies because they are more realistic than the other Batman movies that were made. They uh they just seem to have a, a nitty gritty reality to them that takes them beyond being uh just your average comic book movie. Now what do you mean by a nitty gritty reality? It it just feels real. They don't they don't. They, I mean, it's it's dirty. It's dark. It's real people doing real things. Like Batman in this movie, he doesn't have like superhero powers or anything. He's yeah. just he's just a well trained fighter who's able to ignore pain and and just you know punch through and and do what needs to be done. I appreciate too that in this and the first Batman movie of this new series that they portray him more human like that he mm-hmm. can get hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, I can stop a, a speeding train and yeah. still walk away with, from it fine. But yeah, he's very human. And I think in the, in the first movie, they really established why he does what he does, which in previous Batmans, I, I never really felt like that character attribute was well established. Mm-hmm. So he in, in this one with the Batman Begins, they set it up to show you why he he is convicted to do what he does. And it makes him more of a real character. Yeah, so what what would you say then, in just brief summary, is what brought him to this point? He had a run-in with evil, 
at a young age because his his parents were killed in front of his eyes as he was a young youngster and uh i think he kind of lost his foundation and and he was rich and he had you know the world at his feet and he could do anything he wanted but all he really wanted was to have his father's approval and with his father dead he couldn't gain that approval and then when he had the opportunity to kill the man who killed his father taken away from him then he became very pointless and went off into um you know just oblivion really he he took lost his name lost everything and just went off and hid himself in the world and and he met up with a a man who said he could give him a purpose in life and and he followed that man um learned how to fight and then he found out that that purpose that that man had was the wrong purpose that he was actually wanting to destroy mankind rather than save mankind and so he put himself he went home and set himself up as a protector for the people of Gotham because he knew that there were people who were wanting to destroy Gotham because it was a sin horrible place sinful horrible place that where man had was not redeemable and he didn't believe that 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 was true then we pick up with this movie dark knight where Batman already has this reputation of being a man for vigilante justice and a man that Lieutenant Gordon, who later becomes Commissioner Gordon, Mm -hmm. I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone. (laughs) Hey, if they're listening to this podcast, they better have already seen the movie. (laughs) true. If not, stop the podcast now. Go watch the movie. Or if you don't want to watch the movie. They're watching the movie right now. Oh. Okay, welcome back to Are You Just Watching? (laughs) Yes, but we don't necessarily want to recommend that you watch the movie unless you have gone and and made sure that you've thoroughly reviewed it to make sure it's something you do indeed want to see. We do ask that you go and check out the review for the movie, A Good Christian Review, at PluggedInOnline.com. Yeah, they have an excellent review that really points out some of the questions that parents might have about the movie or if you're sensitive to content uh, or don't want to see certain things, then it helps you know a little bit better from a Christian perspective about the the value of the content of the movie. Right. And then what we're about, though, is the right. critical thinking critical aspect thinking. of right. the movie. So when this movie starts, Batman is being called on by Lieutenant Gordon to try and help solve some of these problems and crime. And we see that suddenly the mafia within Gotham has tried to assume control because this new district attorney, Harvey Dent, has just swept across all of these bad guys, captured hundreds of them all at once, one fatal swoop, and has brought them in, got them convicted, thrown in prison. So the mafia then sees this as an opportunity to jump in, seize control of the crime world, underworld. We see that going on, and that's where the Joker comes in, is that he wants to try and use the mafia to his own end, not because he wants money, but because he loves chaos. He likes upsetting the balance. So he does that through various things in the movie, including at one point turning Harvey Dent around into a villain himself. Mm-hmm. And so this story has two villains to it. It has the Joker and it has later Harvey Dent who turns into Two-Face. Uh, Harvey Two-Face. Right. At the end, Batman is almost turned into the villain because he says he does it for Gotham, that he will be whatever Gotham needs him to be. 
And he needs Harvey Dent to be the hero because so much of of their crime fighting was based on Harvey Dent's reputation. And if he is brought down as a as a murdering criminal, then that reputation is shattered. And all of the work that Gordon has done to bring all the criminals to justice will will have gone to nothing. The Joker killed Gordon. He's going to kill Rachel. You're the symbol of hope. I can never be. Your stand against organized crime is the first legitimate ray of light in Gotham in decades. If anyone saw this, everything would be undone. All the criminals you pulled off the streets would be released, and Jim Gordon will have died for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, Batman has to take on the crimes of Harvey Dent in order for Harvey Dent's reputation to be clean. Yeah. And if you want a full synopsis of the movie, then you can go to the internet movie database at imdb.com. We'll have the direct link to Dark Knight's synopsis in the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash 001. And that will be the home for the show notes. 002? Yeah. (laughs) 002. (laughs) I've seen 001 so many times while I was working on the website that I forgot we're on 002 now. Yes, we are. We're a sequel. (laughs) So go there and you can find the link to the full synopsis or just watch the movie again if you want to know everything that happens. But what did you think of the movie, Eve? It it has been probably one of my favorite movies since last year. It even though it's dark, when I came out of it it just made me think. I liked I like movies that make me think. And I I just sat in and um turned it over in my head for a really long time a lot of the statements that are made in the movie, the the way it talks about man in his ultimate condition and I, I i liked it it was definitely one of my favorite movies yeah i like it too because of course i like action movies i like a movie where it's a man who is able to turn around turn things around where it's a situation that's tending toward evil but he's able to turn it around toward good or save others or give himself sacrifice of himself others. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people don't think the movie has a good ending. I mean, and there's very little to mention other than, you know, the fact that the love interest gets killed and and the hero's running away at the end with the police chasing him. It's like, it doesn't really feel like a good ending. But at the same time, I guess the ending does complete the movie. So, I mean, if in that in, in that way of defining an ending, it is a good ending. It's just not a happy ending. So, yeah. now you mentioning the love interest reminded me, I miss Katie Holmes in this. <laughs> yes, I liked her much better than whatever the girl is that played <laughs> this movie. I mean, Tom Cruise, you and I need to talk. <laughs> you need well. Her character is dead now anyway, but Tom, what were you thinking not letting Kitty Holmes back onto Batman? Yeah, the the new girl just didn't didn't no. do it. Yeah. Some people say she's better, but I don't know. I just I liked Katie Holmes more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she for some reason the new girl just did not fit the role to me. I, I maybe it's just because of, you know, I was already used to the other girl, but at least they didn't replace Batman oh. this time. Like the oh. original movies, almost every, every one, one of them yeah. had a different Batman. I think only two of them had the same Batman, if I remember correctly. And they picked guys that just didn't fit stature wise yeah. to the character. Yeah. How about the scorecard thing? We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But do you want to explain a little bit the scorecard? Yes, our scorecard system is is basically we're go- and we'll publish our scorecards with the show notes 
just so you guys can can see exactly how we're scoring the movie. But we wanted to be able to set up a number that we could could give the movie uh, that would allow us to rate movies from one to the other so you would know right off the bat how we how we judge a movie. The basic breakdown is first of all on use of language. The second breakdown is on visuals. The third breakdown is on entertainment value. And then the last breakdown is on conclusions, like what kind of message the, the movie had. And those have breakdowns underneath them that, that we'll post um, with our scorecards so you can see how we rate the movie. And we just give a number score, do a little bit of arithmetic, and we come up with a final score that fits into three brackets. And the brackets are uh, 3 to 10 is a good movie, and we call that an open-eye movie. And an 11 to 20 is a neutral movie, which is a closed eyes movie. And the 21 to 30 is a bad movie, which we're calling a plucked eye movie. Daniel, do you want to ex- <laughs> do you want to explain? I'm trying to make an eye plucking sound here. <laughs> do you want to explain where we came up with the eyes? Yeah. Well, first of all, our title, Are You Just Watching? Mm-hmm. It's a lot to do with what we allow in through the windows of our soul when it's Open eyes, well, you're open. The movie is open to things. It's, uh, you can watch it and not be extremely indoctrinated. Closed eye is a little bit more closed. Plucked out eye comes from the scriptural idea that if your eye offends you, pluck it out. For it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven with only one eye than to be condemned with two eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, don't pluck out your eyes. (laughs) No matter what your opinion is of this movie, I know sometimes I'll watch a movie and I feel like plucking my eyes out just because it's such a terrible movie. (laughs) But We ask that you leave your eyes in your head, please. Yes, because we want you to be able to watch. Right. But don't just watch. But if we give a movie two plucked eyes, then you know you might not want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But fortunately for Dark Knight, we're actually giving this movie two open eyes. Yeah, because we both enjoyed it on Mm -hmm. several levels. And as a movie for its philosophical value, it doesn't really make that many attacks against Christianity And although it gives us plenty to talk about, Mm -hmm. it doesn't portray it in a way that's attacking or asserts itself as as right and us as wrong. So now let's get into this. Some of our topics about the movie. You know, the first thing I want to talk about is Batman himself. Is Batman's main drive is vigilante justice that he is becoming the law himself and doing what the law either won't do the law enforcers won't do or they don't have the ability to do it and in the case of gotham with the setup of the previous movie and it continues on into this movie you you find out that the mafia the bad guys have pretty much bought out all of the judges and the district attorneys and the uh the police. So there's nobody who is honest enough to actually do the job of justice. And that was why he had to come in. But in Dark Knight, it's improving. We now have a good judge. We have mm-hmm. a good DA. We have a good cop. So all, everything is set in place for Bat- Batman to start withdrawing his his need to 
be actively engaged in, in protecting the city and doing justice. But he's still doing it, unfortunately. He's still having to do it. And now he has copycats. Yes, who are trying to do the same thing themselves. I'd have to question, what's motivating them? Is it just they want in on the fun? Well, I don't think so, because mm-hmm. they know what they're doing is dangerous. I think it's they also see that there's a problem, and they feel like they can fix it. Mm-hmm. But what separates the copycats from Batman? That question is actually asked within the movie in this clip near the beginning of the movie about 10 minutes in don't let me find you out here again we're trying to help you i don't need help not my diagnosis what gives you the right what's the difference between you and me i'm not wearing hockey pants so although it's kind of funny i'm not wearing hockey pants he is kind of saying that hey you guys are amateurs. You're weak. I'm the one that's taking the actual blows. I don't need hockey pants to make me special. Mm-hmm. But on a philosophical level, what is separating him from the others who are trying to do the same thing? He goes about what he's doing a little differently. And one of the things you mainly see in this scene is that both of the, or the guy, was it one or two? I think it was just one. The The guy that he's talking to was using a gun. And you don't typically see Batman wielding guns and shooting at people. He always comes in for a one-on-one fight and, and deals with things closely. I, I know that's one big difference that they show. Well, so that's, again, that's a physical difference between mm-hmm. them. But the, I think Batman feels like he's more justified in doing this from the others in that he has a much stronger reason and he's trying to do this vigilante justice in support of the governmental leadership. Mm -hmm. Whereas these others are just trying to be these guys out there that are stopping the bad guys. Mm -hmm. But still, does that make it right? No, no, I don't think it, it. Well, in Gotham, they kind of needed a vigilante to get it started. The guy in the first movie, Raz Agul, who was the villain in the first movie, he had actually created the situation in Gotham where there was no leadership and no justice. He had done that on purpose because he had wanted the city to destroy itself. I guess in that instance, there had to be a vigilante, somebody to step in and fix what was broken. But that does that make vigilantes right? No. Yeah, it's it's tough because if the leadership or the government that's supposed to be enforcing right mm-hmm. and laws is not doing so, but is instead compromising and involved in the crime themselves, then in a sense, I think we almost have a responsibility to, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say overthrow the government, but to do everything we can to remove those people from the leadership, not like by killing them all off. (laughs) But I don't think that it would be our place to assume the authority and leadership of our, on ourselves and go out there and take care of these things ourselves like Batman is. And in fact, the scripture verse that I thought of in regards to this is from Romans 12, 19, 
which says, Never take your own vengeance, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So ultimately, I think we need to remember that although it looks like there are situations that have to be taken care of, we need to remind ourselves, if we're tempted to do this vigilante justice, that ultimately, God will fulfill. God will judge. Vengeance is God's, not ours. It should never be done out of vengeance. Right. I mean, if you have, I mean, you can take like the founding of the United States as, as an example. If you have people who object to things that a government is doing, they can revolt and change things. But it has to be done for the right reason, and it has to be done with the right goal in mind. And I don't think one person by himself is enough of a, there's not enough agreement. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. accountability. There's no accountability. For a single right. person to mm-hmm. do it on his own. And something else that I heard basically in what you were saying is that Batman's philosophy is very much the end justifies the means. Right. And that's a philosophy that we can't allow because the end does not justify the means. The means don't justify the end either. It's mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the right reason with the right end goal in mind. And Batman's character, I don't think he always follows that. In fact, I know he doesn't always always and he do has the no right accountability. Thing. Right. There's he's not accountable to anybody. Yeah, and even his butler Alfred points that out sometimes to mm-hmm. him, but he ignores it. He yeah. takes it upon himself. And I have to mention here, too, just side reference here to what's well, got a similar name, the new Knight Rider series, which I'd like to talk about sometime in the same aspect, is one of the recent episodes where the whole leadership of the Knight Rider program changes to it's just these kids that are running it, essentially, that the original creator of Knight Industries says that it's up to what you think is right to enforce the laws. Mm. And that's not a position that we need to be in. There has to be accountability. Mm -hmm. Accountability to God, accountability to the people, and Mm -hmm. accountability to leadership as well, to another authority other than directly to God. Right. Well, the the biggest theme that runs through this entire movie is uh, beyond vigilante justice, which is a biggie in itself. The thing that you see just hammered through the movie through and through is the condition of man. And you see Harvey Dent represented as a good man. You see Gotham's white knight, yes, he was called. Yes. And and yet you see the the Joker coming in and trying to reveal um the bad in people. And and it's just a a constant to and fro contrast and opposites throughout the whole movie is is you know civilized people versus savage people and good people versus bad people and the reasons why make people make choices i mean you even have uh, bruce wayne's accountant coming forward and wanting to reveal batman and just because he's greedy mm-hmm. and 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 you just and and then you you have the the um the social Experiment is what Joker calls it. Tonight you're all going to be a part of a social experiment. I'm ready right now to blow you all sky high. Anyone? 
attempts to get off their boat, you all die. Each of you has a remote. Blow up the other boat. At midnight, I blow you all up. If, however, one of you presses the button, I'll let that boat live. So, who's it gonna be? Harvey Dent's most wanted scumbag collection or the sweet and innocent civilians? You choose. Oh, and you might want to decide quickly because the people on the other boat may not be quite so noble. It's an interesting social experiment, and I think it's one of the highlights of the movie from that aspect because you see the the people on the boats, I mean, the innocent people struggling to decide whether or not they want to blow up the criminals because they're good people and they're the criminals are already bad so they they already have earned death so let's just destroy their boat and save us but yet nobody on that boat has the guts to actually push the button and then you see the guards on the boat with the all the bad guys you know and there's really no decision there they're not going to destroy the other boat but yet they don't want to die and and then this criminal walks up and says but you don't know how to take a life. Give it to me, and I'll do what you should have did ten minutes ago. And then he tosses the detonator out the window. And I just think that that is an interesting contrast. That it's it's the the people on the good people, the innocent people who are voting on destroying the other vote, and it's the criminal on the criminal boat who's who knows that the choice should never have been given to them, and he just tosses the detonator overboard. Mm-hmm. Which so, goes in contrast to a statement that was said during the movie. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. In a sense, though, that's true. Because... Man at his core is not good. Man is not basically good. And scripture is full of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, right off, we probably all think of the same scripture verse, Jeremiah seventeen nine, which says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? As we are, we are sinful creatures. We will eat and destroy each other right. unless we're governed by absolutes against by laws mm-hmm. and we see a model of righteousness to follow and the whole concept of what is man or what is the nature of man or the condition of man is a major worldview question right. that this movie does tackle if we don't understand what our own nature is then we can't even really look out at the world and properly understand it. We have to first understand ourselves or have some belief of, am I basically good or basically evil? And if left to myself, will I make the right decisions or the wrong decisions? And in this movie, they kind of portray it as all people are basically good at their core, but they have to be pushed to do evil. And in the case of the experiment, the social experiment with the boats, that there it's trying to show the case that even these criminals have made a good choice. Mm-hmm. Now, people do make good choices. I'm not going to say that everyone out there is always right, but you bad. have to take into account what the motivations of the heart is and the choices that you make because you can make a good choice for a wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Even watching the people on the boat that were unwilling to push the button, you have to ask why were they unwilling to push the button to destroy the other boat? Was that a good decision? Or was it 
a selfishly motivated decision? And could there be a selfish motivation there? Yeah, I think there could be because you might be the person who thought of pressing that button might have been thinking, well, I don't want to be guilty for killing all of these other people. I don't want to take that responsibility on myself. And if it comes to the end and people start accusing others, I don't want to be the one to take that blame. Exactly. And you and you realize that by pushing that button, you would be the one that survived. So then you would have that guilt on your heart for the rest of your life. Right. So, so it's not totally a decision of what is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But there has got to be some heavy weight on their heart of what will the consequences be of this? And am I going to get blamed for it or in trouble? Just to further drive home the point, I looked up some other scripture verses that talk about the condition of man from God's perspective. Uh, in addition to Jeremiah seventeen nine, there's also Mark seven twenty through 23, where the context is that uh, Jesus has been talking about what goes into a man and what comes out of a man. And he says, verse 20 starts off, and he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. And Genesis 6, 5, just before the global flood, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's where we are yet, but Jesus did say that as it is in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Yes. Genesis 8.21, after the flood, there's a short little spot within verse 21 that says, For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. Anyone who's raised kids, <laughs> they know this. <laughs> Isaiah 64.6 says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our impurities, like the wind, take us away. Romans three twenty two and 23 says, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Isaiah 53, verse 6, a verse that may be familiar to some from the mm-hmm. Handel's Messiah, All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And scripture makes it very clear that just like that last verse, Mm -hmm. each of us, if left to our own, will turn our own way and generally will want to do what we believe is right. Now, I mean that in the sense that, yes, sometimes sinful people do make good decisions, Mm -hmm. but the ultimate end is that they are doing what they think is right. Not resolving to what God thinks is right, but what is right in their own eyes. And, as we already see, many people choose that what is right in their own eyes is wrong in everyone else's eyes. But it's right in their own eyes. 
And I think it's interesting. There's a there's a clip that we'll play here where Batman is talking to Joker, and he says that the people are really looking for good because Joker thinks that people are proving themselves bad. But listen to this clip. This city just showed you that it's full of people ready to believe in good. Well, people are ready to believe in good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can discern perfect good for themselves. Because the scripture tells us, if we look in Mark ten eighteen, it says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So you have to have the right standard of what is good so that then you can apply that that definition to every walk of life so that, you know, if people are look, willing to look for good, then they need to be willing to look for God because he's the only true definition of good. Well, the conversation, I think, has been really good so far, but already we're running close to what our target length of each episode will be. Yes, and we have so much more to say about Dark Knight, so I think we're probably going to end up doing a second part on this Yeah, one. just like I figured, because mm-hmm. the movie itself is almost three hours long. Mm-hmm. So to cover that in 45 minutes or 40 minutes is just not enough time. So we will wrap up this as part one, and then we'll release part two, which will be episode three next time, whenever (laughs) that is. I almost said week, but I don't want to limit myself to week, and I also don't want to lock myself in by saying week. So next time. Next episode. Yes. So before we go, though, we want to remind you that there are many different ways that you can subscribe to the show if you're not already subscribed. And if you are, then reach behind you, give yourself a nice pat on the back, and maybe tell someone else then how they can subscribe to this podcast. And first of all, you can search for us in iTunes, find us in iTunes under Are You Just Watching? And it would be wonderful if you could rate us in iTunes, five stars preferred. Yes. Four stars are okay, but we'd love those five stars. (laughs) And also leave a review there. That really helps us out because it helps people find us a little bit easier in iTunes the more ratings and reviews we get. You can also subscribe to us in iTunes or if you go to the website, areyoujustwatching.com and click the iTunes button, it automatically subscribes you in iTunes. If you use a Microsoft Zune, we've got a button there for you, both of you people in the world that have a Microsoft Zune. Or I guess I know more than two people that have a Microsoft Zune. Yeah, but and we have more than two people that are listening to our show. <laughs> period. Yeah. yeah. No. no, we've got some people out there, I know. And you can also subscribe. And we recommend that you, in addition to subscribing to the podcast through whatever program you use, iTunes seems the easiest. We also suggest that you subscribe to the blog because we will be blogging in between episodes. And even the next episode, we'll mention a little bit about something that she'll start on the website soon. So you can subscribe to the blog via the RSS button and link that to however you prefer to do it. You can also subscribe to us by email and be emailed whenever we release a new episode or post anything on the blog in case you're not really techy and you don't want to try and mess with iTunes or Google Reader or any RSS thing. You just want to simply receive it in your email. We've got a button for you. Just click that email button, enter your email address and click subscribe and you'll be subscribed. You have to authorize it at first and we won't spam you. If you get spam, it's not from us. And 
we're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash are you just watching and here I'm disappointed in Twitter. They wouldn't let me type the full name are you just watching oh, spelled that's terrible. out. terrible. Yeah. Was it too long? Yeah, it was too long. Oh. Yeah, and even just as our name, I had to type are you just watching without spaces because oh. that would have made it too long. It would have been like are you just watch. Mm. And That's terrible. Yeah. Unfortunate how We need to they petition them for longer screen names. <laughs> yeah, I'll contact Biz Stone about that. <laughs> He's one of the founders of Twitter. But we are on Twitter. Are you just watching? And so type the letters, are you just watching? And we have the link to that on our website as well. And all of these links and all of these methods to subscribe are on our website, areyoujustwatching.com. And you can view the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash 002. And while you're on our website, we would definitely like you to consider clicking on the donate button and giving us a little bit of your resources to help us continue this podcast, especially a new microphone for me. I would really, really, really like a new microphone. All of those pops that you hear from her microphone of her P's and T's and all of that, that could be fixed. It doesn't have to be much, but just, I mean, what you think. And we don't want to try and pressure people out there. We're doing this because we enjoy it. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever make money at this, <laughs> but hopefully be an encouragement to you. And so if it is an encouragement and uh, you'd like to support the show, then you could yeah, leave a donation. Or what's the other way that we have? We also have an affiliate link where if you want to buy products that we mention on, online, you can go to our website and click, to another, click through to another store. Yeah, it goes through Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. You click through to Amazon.com, and we get a portion of that sale. Yeah, and it doesn't increase your price if you buy anything. You can still use coupons. Even if you decide not to support us financially, what we appreciate even more than that is if we can connect with you. And you could help us by bringing more listeners to the show, tell your friends about it. Or what we'd really love to see is we'd love to get your feedback. You can post a comment on areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash 002. You can send us a message through the website, areyoujustwatching.com, or email us directly, us at areyoujustwatching.com. And you can leave a voicemail on our voicemail line, which is 859-353-4332. And we might play it on the show. And we would love to do that. So watch soon for part two of our episodes discussing Batman the Dark Knight. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com.